1: the democrats are working on an exciting platform yeah we're getting uh, closer and closer to the midterm elections in november and if the republicans can't blow the democrats out of the water this time they should just pack it in uh, dick durbin today the senator from illinois who's been around way too long and You know, he's another one of those uh, walking advertisements for term limits. He added another plank to that platform today when he decided not to vote for a bill that would have been what he considered to be too tough on pedophiles. You don't want to be too tough on them. So let's add sympathy to pedophiles to not being able to define a woman and promoting men competing against women in sports to teaching three-year-olds that if they don't like their sex, they can change it to abortion up to the moment of birth and, in some states, a few weeks after birth, to doing our best to not produce energy here and depending on Russia, Iran, and Saudi Arabia for our energy, to getting rid of gas-powered cars by 2030, to eliminating fossil fuels altogether, to wearing masks on airplanes into perpetuity, um, to confiscating law-abiding citizens' guns, to packing the Supreme Court, to what else we got here? Getting rid of the Electoral College. Uh, how about forgiving everybody's college loans? I'm sure I'm forgetting some good planks here, but, but I think you get the idea. Again, if the Republicans can't win against this kind of insanity, when are they ever going to win? They, they never will is the answer. Um, if you just put all, you, just, you could make one ad for every Republican candidate in the country and include that list that I just gave you, and they, they should never lose another election. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about another facet of American life that Democrats love, cancel culture. And we're going to talk with a woman who was fired from her radio show for making fun of the way Kamala Harris was dressed. And you know why she was fired? Because it was, are you ready? Racist. And it was a conservative radio station. Stick around.
2: Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baselager. And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. Go to legacybox.com slash Lbox to get an incredible 50% off your legacy box. That's legacybox.com slash Lbox for 50% off while supplies last. Legacybox.com slash Lbox. Windows are rocks. You've tried
0: the rest, now try
1: the best.
4: And it's a good way to stay on top of my health.
0: Yes, I'm Coligard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Coligard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages.
5: This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Coligard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of
0: colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit coligard.com. I'm in.
5: Let me ask you, what does your perfect wedding day look like? I'll bet you've imagined it over and over again, the crisp spring air, the fresh grass giving way beneath you as you walk towards your future, surrounded by the people you love the most. So what's in the way of you believing it's possible for you to have it? Are you believing the lie that you are meant to be alone? Or maybe you don't know what a Christian romance should look like or where to find it. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. And I invite you to join me in my free Married in 12 Months Challenge where you will discover your heart's desire of a loving marriage. In this challenge, I'll teach you why now's your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools to become a bride. Don't wait any longer. Just sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com and you can start your journey to find that lasting, loving relationship now. Join me at lovestories.com.
0: This is the John Stacker walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
1: Well, if you're a conservative and you work in the media, you should probably be prepared to be canceled at some point, if not from your primary job by a sponsor or another media outlet. I found that out not too long ago when I was booted off of the uh, Channel 11's final word for making fun of Billy Porter's outfit at the Academy Awards. Uh, Amy Athea is Washington editor at the Spectator. She, uh, Amber, did I, I said Amy? It's Amber. Sorry, uh, Amber Athea is Washington editor at the Spectator, and she just found that out. Amber, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for
4: having me.
1: Yeah, sorry about that name. That's my uh, that's my bad writing here. Anyway, if if uh, you were a talk show host, uh, you were a talk show host at uh, W M A L in Washington, and now you're not. What happened?
4: That is uh, true, and I was fired on March 9th, so just a little bit over a month ago, and the reasoning that was given to me is that a tweet that I sent making fun of Kamala Harris's State of the Union outfit was racist, and the tweet in question was um, about the fact that she was wearing this brown pantsuit that was pretty universally mocked by everybody on social media, and my tweet said, Kamala Harris looks like a UPS employee, What can Brown do for you? Nothing good, apparently. I thought this was a benign use of the old UPS slogan that obviously is in reference to their Brown uniforms. But there were some dishonest left-wing activists that decided to reach out to Cumulus, which is the parent company of WMAL, and demand that I be fired. And the executives at Cumulus decided to comply with that request and got rid of me without even asking for my side of the story or giving me the opportunity to defend myself.
1: Yep, that's the way it happens. It happened to me, too. Um, so, uh, it, uh, again, it wasn't the tweet that got you fired, by the way. It was the reaction to the tweet, because the yes. tweet was out there for a while.
4: That's correct. The tweet was sent on March 1st, which was the night of the State of the Union. And then uh, a few days passed, and the only reason that people started going after the Kamala tweet was because I was speaking out at the time about the protests going on at the University of North Texas regarding medical gender transitions, things like chemical castration and hormone therapy for children, underage children. And there are a bunch of radical gender activists who didn't like that I was speaking out about that issue. And so they needed to find something, anything to try to silence me. And that thing ended up being this convoluted tweet, which they w- were somehow able to reframe as being racist by claiming that the what can brown do for you comment was about her skin color.
1: Yeah, see, I've been around for a long time, and I've um, even before the uh, Twitter age, I've gotten in trouble for things that I've written or said. And what always, uh, uh, what I question all the time is, uh, how does the person who found the tweet offensive enough to fire you uh, keep their job after not firing you immediately? In other words. Uh, the, whoever didn't fire you at WMAL should be fired by the people at Cumulus, the the network, the the company that owns the station, because they know that you, they knew that you put that tweet out there and they didn't fire you. So how do, how does that person not get fired for not recognizing how terrible your tweet was? I think that's a
4: fair point, and it did take Cumulus about a week from the time i started receiving emails to finally give me the termination call and i think you know that time frame really just shows even further how dishonest this is and how they don't really care about whether or not something is actually racist nope. all they care about is protecting their bottom line and protecting themselves from emails from these left-wing activists who, by the way, don't even listen to WML. They don't even know what that radio station is. They don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They just saw a conservative who was potentially vulnerable and decided to try to cancel them. And Cumulus complied because they thought they were doing the easy thing. But what they didn't consider is that I wasn't going to just be quiet about it, and I was going to tell everyone exactly what they did to me.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Because I, I, just so you know, about 10 years ago, uh, I wrote a column for a little newspaper, a suburban newspaper here uh, outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, it went viral, which, you know, viral wasn't as viral 10 or 11 years ago as it is now. But it went, it went crazy. And they got like 250,000 responses to their website, which, you know, they normally probably got 250. And um, people were calling for me to be fired. I wasn't. I kept writing the column. But that's when I realized at that point, the the editor can't fire me at a newspaper because I wrote the column. He's the editor. He put the column in the paper. And uh, so he should be fired before I should be because that's what – isn't that what an editor's job is? Or in the case of a radio station, it would be the executive producer or, or, the, or the, the station manager, program director, somebody like – or a website, anything. If, if you are just a contributor – when they see the stuff that you write, if it's so offensive that it deserves firing, then they should fire you right there, or they should not put it in there. It should not be published or aired or whatever.
4: It's a good point. And, and listen, one of the things that really irked me about this whole situation is that after I was fired, WMAL continued to put my face on their promotional materials, on their social media accounts, on their website, and uh, in in some of their show information across all of their different mediums, even though I was racist. Like if you thought that I was racist enough to fire me, why did you think it was appropriate to advertise with my face on all of your programming? So they were happy to, I guess, continue giving the impression that I worked for them, even though I was this horrible person who had violated their company policies and needed to go immediately. So it was amazing hypocrisy. And, And frankly, I think it's I should get maybe get like some marketing dollars for uh, (laughs) all of these days, almost 30 days that they were using my face without my permission.
1: Yeah, once again, uh, the person who allowed your face to be up there, the face of a hideous racist that you are now depicted as being or accused of being and then lose your job, how does that person not get fired? Uh, He or she should get a call and say, hey, you're promoting a racist. How can you be doing that? They don't, but that's just more proof, as you said, that it's not about what you said in any way is it about what your tweet was. It's about the reaction to your tweet and everybody trying to cover their butt.
4: Yes, and what I'm hoping out of this experience is that they will learn that when people actually stand up for themselves and they get you know reaction from conservatives and independents who see this for the transparently unjust thing that it is, They better think twice before they do this to somebody else, because if they thought the PR that they were getting from these left-wing radical activists was bad, they are getting a hundred times that now, now that people have seen what they're willing to do to the people who make them money.
1: Yeah, so what you're saying is that your story has, well, here you are on the radio in Pittsburgh, and you wouldn't be on the radio in Pittsburgh today talking about this, uh, about the Cumulus Network. Uh, if you uh, you know if, if this hadn't happened so what you're saying is you're getting a lot of reaction positive reaction from conservatives all around the country
4: insanely positive reaction i'm really really grateful for the support that everyone has given me and you know across my social media accounts the, the shows that have been booking me the response has really been overwhelming and i know i've i've received a lot of messages from people telling me that they have reached out to Cumulus and to WMAL as well, and it shows the power of what we can accomplish when we all stand together. And I think Cumulus is going to think twice next time when somebody you know tries to come after them for something a host said either on or off air. They're going to, at the very least, I hope, go to that person and allow them the opportunity to tell them what really happened before they ask them.
1: And, and WMAL is a conservative radio station, Right.
4: It is. WNIL was the host of the Rush Limbaugh show. They host Dan Bongino, Ben Shapiro, Mark Levin. I mean, honestly, if their standard for firing people is that some random person on Twitter thinks that they're a racist, none of those people would be allowed to have shows. As conservatives, we get falsely accused of things like this all the time because the left doesn't like to argue about policy. They like to just call people bigots. And that shouldn't be a standard for getting rid of somebody unless they've actually done something wrong
1: see and I, I again I, I worked I've been working in the media since back in the 70s I'm an old guy, but it used to be when I said something that people didn't like I worked in sports uh, for most of my career. but when I said something that people didn't like uh, that it took somebody had to sit down and write a letter to the news director, and say, get that guy off the air. He said this, that, and the other thing, and he's terrible, and I hate him, and he needs to be fired. Uh, how many people are going to sit down and, and take the time to do that and put it in an envelope and stamp it and put it, you know, mail it? But with instant uh, comments like we have now, it, the danger is really there because 50 tweets looks like the entire world is after you and is demanding you to be fired.
4: Yeah, that's right. And again, I think the backlash from people who find this as unjust as I do has been way more aggressive and swift than that initial backlash against the tweet or what I said about uh, transgender children. And that gives me a lot of hope because I think as political commentators, if we don't feel like we have the freedom and the protection from our employers to speak juice to power and do something as benign, as mock one of the most powerful women in the world, then we really can't do our jobs effectively, and we're not being honest with our listeners.
1: Well, I know you're a lot younger than I am. Um, we're talking to Amber Athey. She's the Washington editor at The Spectator, fired recently by WMAL in Washington. You're a lot younger than I am, and you will learn as you're – well, you've already learned. You've just found out. But uh, you talk to anybody who's worked in radio long enough, and they'll tell you that you, you, you're going to be fired somewhere. It just depends on what reason they come up with. Sometimes it's legitimate; your ratings stink, or there's, you know, there's a good business decision. But other times it'll be what, like what, what happened to you. So, um, just uh, just as the exper- how the experience was for you. Uh, how did they fire you? Did the people who were out to get you fired? Uh, just, I mean, were they apologizing to you as they fired you and saying the boss is making me do this?
4: No, they were very cold and unfeeling. I received a phone call on March 9th, uh, a few hours after I hosted the morning drive time show um, that morning. And it was from two corporate executives, Jeff Bowden and Kristen Fencellis. And they told me that they had been made aware of this tweet about Kamala Harris's State of the Union outfit. And they determined that it was racist, that it had violated social media, the social media policy of the company that I was going to be terminated effective immediately and I would get my lost pay stub and otherwise don't let the door hit me on the way out. And our relationship was over.
1: That's it. No severance pay? Anything?
4: Absolutely nothing. Wow. And I, I asked them if I could make a statement for the record just because I felt like I deserved that at the very minimum. And I spoke for about three or four minutes. I told them exactly what I've been telling everybody about this situation, about how unfair I think it is and how wrong I think it is, and their response was essentially, okay, great, bye.
1: Well, and the people who were out to get you fired and eventually did get you fired, they obviously uh, know, at least knew in your case and, then, and know in the future, that uh, the best way to do this is to play the race card. If you can work racist in there somehow, you can get just about anybody fired.
4: It's true. And it's it's a really powerful tactic. And the only way to fight against it is to make these companies consider what they're doing uh, so that they don't have this incentive to just get rid of people. And part of the reason why I'm speaking out and being so vocal about this is, I think a lot of times in the past, people would Maybe be embarrassed by what happened, or they didn't want to deal with the backlash, and so they would just kind of slink away into the night. And I, I'm not going to do that. I think people need to know about what happened, um, so that these corporations can see that when they do give in to these outrage mobs, the backlash from conservative folks is going to be swift and uh, intense.
1: Yeah. So, how did your co-host on the show react? Were they told they weren't allowed to talk about it? Because that's that happens a lot.
4: I don't know if they were told that, but I, if they were, they're not listening because my ah, co-host, good. Larry O'Connor, um, has spoken about it on his program. Chris Plant spoke about it. Dan Bongino, Vince Colonnese have all spoken on air in my defense. I know that they have. they spent the last month trying to get me back on the air, and unfortunately we exhausted all options there. But they've been incredibly supportive and have, you know, contradicted this decision from Cumulus. And I really am, am so grateful for them because they've been amazing allies throughout this process. And, uh, you know, I hope Cumulus sees that as well and realizes what a big mistake they made.
1: Um, what do you, I, I, I have a feeling you're going to get some job offers out of this. Have you gotten any yet?
4: I don't want to share anything just yet, but I, <laughs> but I will say, but I will say, you know, I, I have plenty of projects. I'm uh-huh. still as a spectator, and I'm finishing a book right now, so I'm going to be just fine. This is uh, maybe a hiccup in the road, but ultimately I know that I'm going to come out much stronger for it.
1: Well, were you a, a writer side li- uh, doing um, uh, uh, radio on the side, uh, this, or were you looking to do radio full-time?
4: I am a full-time writer, and the radio show was two days a week, so that was my side gig. But it was forty percent of my income, so it was a pretty significant loss. I'm gonna again, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be able to pay my rent and everything. But it, it is a disappointment because I really loved doing the show. I mean, it was such a joy to go on in the morning and be able to help people get to work and and break down the news for them. And I loved my co-host so much. So it is it is a loss. But again, I'm gonna be okay and. I'm more. I'm more speaking out on behalf of the people who don't have the power to do so. The people who lose their main gig and they end up unemployed, or the people, the parents in Virginia who have been targeted by the DOJ and the FBI for trying to defend their kids. I mean, these are the real victims in this cancel culture that we face today. Uh,
1: and you um, are a young conservative woman, and I've I, I, we had you on the show a long time ago. I don't know if you remember when you were working at the Daily Caller. I forget what this, the topic was, but I think I remember talking to you then about uh, you've been up against this cancel culture. Uh, and maybe that's not the right term for it. What you were dealing with when you were in college as a conservative, trying to fight against that wave of being uh, having the nerve to be a conservative on a college campus. So you have you have some experience with this, right?
4: This is absolutely not new for me. Unfortunately, when I was an outspoken conservative at Georgetown University. I was constantly dealing with my peers trying to shut down the speakers that I wanted to bring through the College Republicans. They were reporting me to the administration and my RA and claiming that I was creating an unsafe environment for students on campus, and really just across the board um, facing major social consequences for speaking my mind and my political views. So I I would say that I was prepared for this in some way. I'm used to taking heat um, from people who will take things out of context and try to destroy me because I don't think the way that they do. And, um, I'm very lucky because I'm very thick skinned and I feel for the people who don't have that, that background, because this is a chilling effect. When things like this happen to someone like me, there are 10 other people out there who are not willing to go through what I'm, what I'm going through right now. And they're not going to speak out about, the things that matter to them, because of that.
1: Well, I, I don't think you're going to have any trouble getting another job in radio. Uh, I, I'd give you an offer. I'd offer you to come to work here, but I don't. I'm not the boss. I don't. I don't write. I don't write the checks. <laughs> but but uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you somewhere soon. I appreciate you coming on, Amber, and good luck.
4: Okay, thank
1: you. Okay, that's Amber Athey, and she got. Uh, well, she got the shaft by Cumulus Radio and WMAL in Washington. She'll be back, and so will I.
0: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is calling on the UN to bring Russia to account for its war crimes in Ukraine. Via video today, he told the Security
1: Council Russian forces have committed war crimes all around his country. The
4: massacre in our city of Bucha is only one, unfortunately, only one of many examples of what the occupiers have been doing on our land for the past 41 days. And there are many more cities, similar places where the world has yet to learn the full truth.
0: The U.S. and its European allies say they
1: will impose stiff new sanctions, including a ban on new investments in Russia. On Wednesday, as a result of the war crimes in Ukraine, the joint action will include a ban on new investments in Russia, toughen sanctions on financial institutions, and government-owned enterprises.
0: This is SRN News.
4: About to compare a pepper shaker to a cash-out refinance. Hang with me. You know when you're at a restaurant and they ask, would you like some fresh ground pepper? and then they crank that giant tube, but almost nothing comes out? For me, only a certain amount of time is socially acceptable to wait. I know that getting that pepper out might make my life better, but it just seems too impossible. And that's what we hear people say about the cash-out refinance. People realize that the value of their home has gone up like hot pepper the last few years, leaving all this extra money sitting inside their home. But is it too hard to get out? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. If you're interested in cashing out the extra pepper in your home, we're good at doing all the work while you just sit back and relax. And often, your mortgage payment and years in the loan will stay the same. If you'd like to hear about your options,
3: we are United Faith Mortgage. Faith
6: mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25, Metal Park, road, metal New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal or Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
0: Dennis Prager can get fired up. Disneyland, Disney
7: World. They don't say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. They say dreamers and friends. They're sick. These people are sick. Understand that. They are pathologic. You give a penny to Disney, you are encouraging the ruination of the society. Get it? Disney is an enemy of the good. The
0: Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3. on a.m. 1250. The answer.
6: Hi friends, this is Katie Pavlich from Townhall.com. The liberal media and big tech are working overtime to promote the left's anti-American agenda to silence me and the reporters on our team at Town Hall. We must bring the truth to the American people free from the spin of big media and the censorship of big tech companies town hall covers the news that matters, exposing the COVID lies, the leftist rot and crime surge in our cities, the illegal alien crisis at our southern border, and all of Joe Biden's unconstitutional overreach, including the critical race theory attacks on our children and grandchildren by school boards working with the Department of Justice. Visit townhall.com each morning, afternoon, and night for the truth as my team investigates the Biden administration, their big media friends, and leftist activists. With your support, we can keep holding government bureaucrats and their allies in the media accountable. Visit townhall.com today to join the fight. The fight for our nation starts with townhall.com.
4: Water damage to your home or business? Don't know what to do next? At ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh, we do demand the yellow van
3: demand the yellow van call service master has your
4: home or business been
5: damaged by fire water or storm even when dealing with insurance you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess call service master of greater pittsburgh
0: demand the yellow van call service master am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer wpgp pittsburgh 223 cs pittsburgh division of salem media group listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers tune in iheart or odyssey stuck in traffic we've got the answer
7: wrapping up our rush hour with an accident in shaler fall run road at route 8 Parkway North, inbound, still looking busy from 65 across town. On the Parkway East, about a five-minute delay inbound into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And then really tied up from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound stacks up Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, also pretty congested inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel, delay of close to 10 minutes. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather. On and off rain and drizzle for tonight with a low of 48, mostly cloudy skies tomorrow. We'll see periods of rain and a thunderstorm late in the afternoon and we'll reach a high of 64. Tomorrow night, periods of rain and a thunderstorm in the evening. We'll see considerable clouds otherwise with a low of 45. Thursday, a little morning rain, otherwise mostly cloudy skies. We'll reach a high Thursday of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, before we go any further, I don't have a guest for this, uh, for this segment. Um, so I just have some stuff I want to cover here, but, um, I came across this on Twitter today, and I just wanted to make sure I get it out there in the beginning. This is, uh, this is, this is just the, the best. It's, it's really simple, and, 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 but it's the best, uh, definition of transgender insanity that I've seen, and it takes, uh, one, two, three sentences. This is from someone called Mia on Twitter, um, and this is what she said. They turned a mental illness into a civil rights movement and made failure to validate the sufferer's delusion a hate crime. As a result, children are being sterilized, and young people are having healthy body parts chopped off. If you speak out against us, you are a bigot. That's the best summation I've seen of, of this Absolute total insanity anywhere. I and mean, it's not like it took a genius to do it, but it's just really well written and it's, it's in three sentences, three sentences it sums it up perfectly. Um, and they, it, she this, and we just talked in our last segment about being canceled, look at how many things that she could be canceled for just in that uh, sentence in that, in that paragraph. She referred to it as a mental illness. Uh, she said, uh, his "Failure to validate the sufferer's delusion, so it's a, it's mental illness and a delusion, and uh, and if you speak out against us, you are a bigot." So that's me on Twitter. I, I just wanted to make sure I got that out there. So, so this is again. And I also talked at the opening of the show about uh, the Democrats. How? And I'm not a, a Republican, by the way. I'm an independent. Obviously, I'm not. There's not a Democrat on the planet that I could vote for right now, but. Um, I've never been a registered Republican, but it's the Democrats who are out there promoting insanity. And I mentioned some of it in the opening of the show. But just look at this. I just just read you this perfect summation of transgender insanity. And we've gone through over two years now of COVID insanity promoted by the government, governments. uh, And people like the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, now, I just said what what uh, transgenderism is, and what they're doing to young kids. And they're it's okay to have the kids have body parts chopped off. They don't need to be protected from that. The same, these people are promoting transgenderism and promote and glamorizing it, and making young kids think it's a, a wonderful thing, and it makes them more popular in school and. All the stupid things that kids at that age do to what uh, in order to what they think is going to make them more popular in school. So there you have, the, and they want, and there are people out there, Democrats out there, who want to prevent parents from having a say in whether their kids can be sterilized with uh, drugs and or having um, body parts chopped off, eventually. It's okay to not protect them against that. But in New York City, the idiot who is the mayor is insisting that two-year-olds wear masks still. Two-year-old kids are wearing masks. That's two to five. And he said he was going to uh, lift that idiotic uh, mandate on uh, at, at beginning yesterday, and he didn't. So this is a confrontation from a a mother of three who went to his press conference and asked about that. Here it is.
6: Hi, Mr. Mayor. Three weeks ago, you told parents to trust you, that you would unmask our toddlers. Ten days ago, you stood right here and you said that the, the masks would come off on April 4th. That has not happened. You reneged on your promise, and not only did you renege on your promise, you had your lawyers race to court on Friday night to overturn a state court. Yes, so no,
3: no 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 let her let her finish cause you let us start. Go ahead and finish ma'am, okay? But you gotta come to a conclusion. Can't do it okay, get come to a conclusion and turn on your phone so you can get my answer correctly. But come to a conclusion. Here, okay, how are you, I you, told you back? On March there? 17th that mm-hmm. you would
6: trust me, I will unask your toddlers. You had your lawyers race to court on Friday night, arguing that there would be irreparable harm If children under five were allowed to take off their masks today, along with their older siblings in school. So my questions are, what is the irreparable harm to children aged two to four taking off their masks, just as they do in Long Island, just as they do in Westchester? When will you and when will you unmask our toddlers?
3: Thank you. Uh, As I stated, as you indicated, I made the announcement that we were looking to announce today, which is Monday, to uh, take the mask off to two to four years old. But I also stated, if we see an uptick, we will come back and make the announcement of what we're going to do. We're going to pivot and shift as COVID is pivoting and shifting. There's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace, and that's the role I must do. That's what I stated. I'm living up to my promises If I have to pivot and shift and have other adults do something different, I'm going to do so. I'm going to continue to do so. I answered your question. If you want to follow up, we can do a follow up. But I answered your question.
1: Yeah, well, he uh, said it's okay to follow up, but he also then fired her. She was fired within an hour of asking that question. Now, they're saying that, um, that she was fired because she works, I believe it's in the city law department, and she got into that press conference by saying that she was a, um, a part of the media. But good for her to ask the question, and how does any human being think it's a good idea to make two-year-olds wear masks at this point in this COVID insanity? Just uh, just unbelievable. But that's that's the world we're living in. And again, I'm pretty sure that the mayor of New York City is a... Democrat. So uh, speaking of Democrats, um, and this Ted Cruz isn't a Democrat, but he blamed he, – he said that the war in Ukraine is Joe Biden's fault today. I believe it was today he said it um, because he decided to waive the sanctions against the uh, construction of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline to Germany uh, and – um, there was bipartisan opposition in Congress, uh, and there were appeals from the Eastern European governments for him not to do that. He did it anyway. So now we're at war, and uh, gas prices are through the roof, and I don't need to tell you what's going on. So I thought it was uh, this was a really – and maybe you can't lay this at uh, the feet of the uh, Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, but uh, this is – boy, if you think you had a tough day at work today – Listen to Matt Gates in Congress today uh, just absolutely blistering the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. This is unbelievable. M- you know Mr. Se- was, Mr. But, Secretary, so I, I've I shared
2: comment. with you the context. The context wasn't better understand socialism so we can defeat it. The context wasn't learn about it so that we can offer countermeasures. The concept was... That it's time for socialism, and the reason I know that's the context is because the lecture was pulled from a book written by Thomas Piketty entitled "Time for Socialism," and I, and I just can't help but like notice. And so your you question been, was whether no, or not we. I control the time. Your question. You guys was have been blowing a lot of calls socialism. lately on the matters of strategy, no. Mr. Secretary. You guys told us that Russia couldn't lose. You told us that the Taliban couldn't immediately win, and so I guess I'm wondering. What in the $773 billion that you're requesting today is going to help you make assessments that are accurate in the face of so many blown calls?
7: You've seen what's in our budget. You've seen how the budget matches the strategy. And so I'll let that speak for
2: itself. Well, I mean, it's I've also seen that we're behind, Mr. Secretary. We're behind in hypersonics. We failed to deter Russia. Last year, China so what do you, you, you? What sorties. do you mean we're
7: behind in hypersonics? How, how do you...
2: How okay, do you, who do you, who's ahead in hypersonics?
7: How do you make that assessment?
2: I don't know. How, is, is I make, make that assessment one, one, because is China is fielding hypersonic weapon systems, and we are still developing them. I are make that assessment because development of Russia actually By the way, your own people brief us that we are behind and that China is winning. Are you aware of the briefings we get on hypersonics?
7: I am certainly aware of briefings that we provide to to Congress.
2: But it's not just the hypersonics. It's all over the world. It's in Taiwan, where China last year flew more sorties than ever before. It's North Korea on pace, to shatter prior records, the number of missiles that they, that they are testing. And so while everyone else in the world seems to be developing capabilities and being more strategic, we got time to embrace critical race theory at West Point, to embrace socialism at the National Defense University, to do mandatory pronoun training. Do You it's, accept- You
7: know, it's, it's, again, this is the most capable, the most combat-credible force in the world. It has been, and it will be so uh, going forward. Not if we continue down this path. To do that. Not if we embrace and socialism. The, the fact that you're embarrassed by your, by your
2: country? By oh, your no, no, no. Country, I'm embarrassed by I'm, your leadership. I'm sorry I am that. not embarrassed for my country. I wish it's we were what not losing saying. to China. It's I what wish you're we saying. You know what? The, that's, you know, that is so, that, that is so disgraceful that you would sit here and conflate your failures with the failures of the uniformed service members. You guys said that that Russia would overrun Ukraine in 36 days. You said that the Taliban would be kept at bay for months. You totally blew those calls. And maybe we would be better at them if the National Defense University actually worked a little more on strategy and a little less on wokeism.
7: Has it occurred to you that Russia has not overrun Ukraine because of what we've done? And our allies have done? But that Has, was baked you into you your flawed assessment. That?
2: that was baked into your flawed assessment. And so yeah, I saw that the Obama administration the that we tried to Ukraine destroy our military by starving it of resources, and it seems the Biden administration is trying to destroy our military by force feeding it wokeism. I yield back.
1: There you go. Wokeism. It's everywhere. That's what you get. Uh, that was Matt Gates, and um, he uh, did a pretty good job of uh, just absolutely destroying the. Um, the secretary of defense there. I I now here's another thing that uh, I came across today that I wanted to get to. Um I remember this uh, at, at election time you probably do too. There was a story about a truck bringing hundreds of thousands, actually 288,000 ballots into Pennsylvania from New York. Um and it just kind of went away. That story just went away. Well, there's more. It's 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 popping up again, and uh, it's not making the former Attorney General Barr look very good. Uh, this is from Gateway Pundit. The headline is uh, huge. Former AG Barr stopped investigations into trailer load of 288,000 ballots into Pennsylvania from New York in 2020 election. Barr refused to provide whistleblower protection, now the United States Postal Service won't provide investigation report. What gives? So the uh, apparently the Postal Service is not cooperating and just dismissing this. But this guy, he's a real person. The person who drove the truck. He's not somebody that somebody uh, you know that, that uh, the Republicans made up. He's a guy, uh, and the driver's name is Jesse Morgan. He moved the mail for the U.S. Postal Service and came out after the election, and this is from the Gateway Pundit, and shared his story of how he hauled tens of thousands of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania before the 2020 election. And then it says here, uh, and this is a quote from him, I was driving completed ballots from New York to Pennsylvania, so I decided decided to speak up. And um, he spoke at a press conference, that the uh, Amistad project of the Thomas More Society had uh, because they're, they're bringing this back up again because new election fraud whistleblowers came forward today, uh, including one who witnessed the shipping of an estimated 144,000 to 288,000 completed ballots across three straight lines on October 21st. And then uh, um, uh, Gateway Pundit says, We learned in the summer of 2021 that former U.S. Attorney General Barr ordered the U.S. attorney in eastern Pennsylvania to stop investigating 2020 election issues in the state and turn any issues over to the Democrat Pennsylvania attorney general. This would have included the reports of approximately 288,000 ballots entering Pennsylvania on a semi-trailer from New York. Now, that U.S. attorney is William McSwain, and this is what McSwain Uh, sent to President Trump at the time. On Election Day and afterwards, our office received various allegations of voter fraud and election irregularities. As part of my responsibilities as U.S. attorney, I wanted to be transparent with the public and, of course, investigate fully any allegations. And then this is the big uh, line right here. Attorney General Barr, however, instructed me to not make any public statements or put out any press releases regarding possible election irregularities. Now, remember, this is the guy who was the U.S. attorney at the time, William McSwain. He's now running for governor, by the way. And McSwain goes on to say to President Trump in this uh, statement, uh, I disagreed with that decision, but those were my orders. As a Marine infantry officer, I was trained to follow the chain of command and to respect the orders of my superiors, even when I disagree with them. And then uh, this guy, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, uh, he discussed the, uh, this Jesse Morgan story and the work he and others performed to vet the story after the 2020 election. Schaefer said that after his team fully vetted Morgan, they vetted this guy to see if he was legitimate, uh, he decided to move forward with the story. He contacted his friends in law enforcement to get them on board with further investigating the matter. When former AG Bill Barr heard the news, he called Tony, screamed at him, and told Tony to stop his investigation. Barr claimed it interfered with an FBI investigation. Tony was shortly thereafter removed from the investigation. So that's all that is is a story about 288,000 ballots that may have been brought in just a few days before the election in 2020. And of course, you know that if though that the the the, the uh, I think it was like a one percent difference in the in the vote in Pennsylvania could very well have turned the election in Pennsylvania, and therefore turned the election uh, the, the 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 presidential election in uh, in in uh, in total the uh, the could have vote could have changed. B- Biden would not be president today. Which how'd you like that? Wouldn't that be nice? But that didn't happen. But. Uh, this is what's going on. Now, I just read you this story from, uh, not Pundit, it's uh, Gateway Pundit, the Gateway Pundit. Um, let's see if there's any investigation into this. This, again, would be a nice story for the uh, local news, affi- local TV news affiliates to, to cover. I'm laughing as I say it. There's not a chance on this earth that they would consider this. You know, they wouldn't even begin to consider a story of hundreds of thousands of votes being driven across state lines a few days before the election, they wouldn't even want to consider looking into that because, well, first of all, they don't believe it, they dismiss it, and they don't want it to be true, and also because they stink and they just don't know what a good news story is anymore, and that's why their ratings are in the toilet. I'll be back. This is John Sagerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with MyPillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the storage, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft, but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly one hundred nine ninety nine, now 3999. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new Radio Listener Specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087 for these great radio specials.
5: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a ca- Capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
0: Well, I drive a truck for a living. I don't get hardly any exercise. I'm not kidding you now. I'm not easily sold on anything, but I'm a firm believer in this product. You know, I watched those uh, advertisements for two or three years and listened to the radio going down the road. And I said, something's got to be going on with that product for that many people to do ads for them. And I'll tell you what, I I just uptown a while ago, I told some of my buddies, I said, I'm not BSing you, man. I'm not kidding you. It's amazing. It totally amazes me.
4: Experience the Balance of Nature difference
5: for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off
4: on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751. That's
5: 800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE.
0: This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
1: And we'll finish with a little bit more insanity here. Um, I'm sure you know by now that Elon uh, Musk has uh, taken over the controlling interest in Twitter. He owns like almost 10 percent of their stock. He bought it yesterday, bought the stock yesterday. So the Washington Post, of all people, this is the paper. (laughs) This is the paper that uh, refused to report on um, the Hunter Biden laptop until about 20 minutes ago when everybody in, in now, in, when it became obvious that it's a true story, they were only, what, a year and six, about 17 months late on it. So they came out uh, and said that uh, it's a problem because uh, Elon Musk's Twitter investment could, quote, be bad news for free speech because Musk uh, owns all this uh, Elon, Elon Musk's Twitter investment could be bad news for free speech because Elon Musk has way too much money. He's worth like two hundred billion dollars. Uh, Bezos is worth multi billion dollars. He bought the Washington Post, but that there's no danger there in uh, in him buying that. But now all of a sudden, Elon Musk owning Twitter is a big problem, according to the Washington Post. And uh, Libby Emmons wrote about that today at the uh, at the Post Millennial. And so she talks about how just how hypocritical and how clueless the uh, Washington Post would be. Um, she writes, Musk has been a vocal critic of Twitter for some time. He's watched as users were suspended and censored on, the, uh, censored on the platform. He's seen the Twitter administration shift from Jack Dorsey, the startup's founder who tried to figure out how to balance the free speech with concerns over hacked material, to Parag Agrawal. Who does not see a need to uphold the values of free speech? I don't know if you know about Parag here, but what he has said is that, uh, and he's uh, he's an immigrant. Uh, he's an American citizen now, but he came from somewhere else. He speaks with an accent, so he hasn't been in America all his life. But he's decided that free speech is not that big a deal uh, at Twitter, and he feels no obligation to uh, worry about the First Amendment. He said it's not about what they say; it's who. We allow to say it, as if that's not the same thing. Uh, who's, who's worthy of speaking on the platform? And so the Washington Post has the nerve to come out and think there's a problem because a really rich guy now has control at Twitter. That's where we are in America in 2022. Plenty of insanity for you in the last 30 minutes. More to
0: come, I'm sure, tomorrow. John Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.